Hey, hey, hey! Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. It should go without saying. I am your host with the most, Andrew Lewis, and today we're talking National Basketball Association with our resident basketball expert Adam Amy. How are you doing, Adam? I'm fantastic. Looking forward to Christmas Day, and um, I'll, I'll apologise in advance because. If I do just sit out for a little bit of the podcast, it's because I want to make it all the way through and I'm load managing. Fair enough. That's very good. Um, <laughs> he'll alert TNT to skip the bits between the 40th and 50 minute, 50th minute when it's just me talking. Yep. Because um, that's when Adam will be load managing. Now, we're doing the podcast today. It's Tuesday, the 17th of December, and I made a little pledge to myself. We weren't going to do our next NBA podcast until the Suns dropped out of the playoffs. And seriously, I thought we were going to be doing one before the end of October, but uh, it happened today. The Suns lost to the Blazers, uh, Devin Bookerless Suns, and we finally dropped out of the top eight teams in the West. So that was a good little run. We almost made it to Christmas. It was. Uh, it wasn't too bad. And I look. I don't think it's uh, all all uh, rain on on the Suns parade. I think yeah, they'll. They're still in touch. We are, and we get DeAndre Ayton back for the next game. So after... He's he, been clean for a little while, has he? He has. He has. Mm. He does not have the munchies anymore. <laughs> so that'll be that'll be good to see. It's sort of, well, if, if D-Book gets back, I'm, I'm not sure why he missed the game today, but if he gets back, then we would have a full roster. I guess the big surprise and the big addition of the Phoenix Suns offensively Ricky Rubio has made a difference, but defensively, the Aussie Aaron Baines. He's put some. Uh, he's put a bit of fight into this Phoenix Suns out, outfit. He has Good. to the to point see. where I think the Celtics are probably thinking twice about moving you know, him. Why on. they let him go? So I mean, they're not they're not looking too shabby themselves, the Celtics. But uh, uh, yeah, definitely Baines has found a, a new home in Phoenix, and he's really embraced his role. He has. Now, a little more than, just a little more than two months ago, we did our preview podcast marathons. And, you know, we made some predictions. Things were said. Things were said. <laughs> they can't be unsaid. That's correct. They certainly, can, they certainly can turn out to be untrue. Yes, we can, re <laughs> we can reflect upon things. And, but let's, and let's, let's ease in. Yes. What did we get right? And I'm gonna I'm going to start off by trumpeting my own horn about this. I said the San Antonio Spurs won't make the playoffs, and currently they're twelfth in the West, ten and sixteen. They're they're not looking fantastic, um, yep. and it's and it's, a, it's a rare problem and seven, for them. Yeah, they'd be nine and seventeen if that Harden bucket had counted. <laughs> uh, can we just replay that game and see what had happened? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Thank you, Houston. It's like, it's like someone told Houston it was a playoff game. Zing. Yes. <laughs> oh the no, Spurs, the Houston Rockets. Spurs eh? look, the Spurs look like it's it's going to have to be some amazing Popovich miracle for them to pull well, it out. They've still got the they've it, still got the rodeo road trip to go, don't they? They do. They do. the The big thing with San Antonio, and it, it's not a, a common problem you see with this franchise. It's a chemistry issue. 
like pieces aren't fitting on the floor and it's obscure. It's not the Popovich system that, that I guess we're all used to. Mm. Mm. It's funny because through the 2000s, they were sort of, after, particularly after the 2007 title, I was sort of reluctant to move as the league moved to the more three-point oriented offensive game. And yes. then, and then probably after they got knocked out by OKC, of which there was a wonderful discussion of that on Bill Simmons' <laughs> book of basketball pod, which we've been, all been devouring. Um, yes. Then they sort of switched it on its head and beat the Heat with that ball movement three-point shooting game. And now they've gone away from it again, maybe because they just don't have the uh, roster. But Yeah, personnel is definitely something um, that's a factor here. Mm. I mean, but they're, yeah. not, they're not far off. They're a couple of games out of the eight. Um, it, the race in the West is, is, I say, relatively close. Yeah, there, the appears to, there appears to be only really two bad teams in the West. And one and both of those teams have been absolutely decimated by injuries. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors were a little bit behind the eight ball at the start of the season, but then Curry breaks his hand almost straight away, and they just decide, no, yeah. we're going to quit. We're going to yeah, quit now, on this season. That's um, uh, and no I, point I think that twenty eight games. Now we're twelve. We're, we're deliberating on the things we got on right and wrong. Now the Golden State Warriors picking up their bat and ball and taking off a handful of games into the season, no one would have foresaw that. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a, it's an events-related uh, miscalculation. Or... Correct. It's not just a bad system or just yeah. poor form. Like, the Spurs is, okay, well, the Spurs aren't what I thought they'd be. But the Golden State Warriors, unfortunately, devastated by injuries, Thought they'd be really competitive this season, and and we never really got to see what they looked like. Yeah, they never really got going. Never got going. And the other team that's been decimated by the uh, by injuries in the Western Conference is the New Orleans Pelicans. It does well, seem like we might see like a half of a one basketball game of Zion this season. I I, I think they wrap him up in cotton wool, and he, he comes back next year. Yeah, he, he's going to pull the Ben Simmons and win Rookie of the Year next year. He can't win Rookie of the Year next year. He's played half a game. He's had his Rookie oh, Year. He, it was a fun 20 minutes. Oh, did he actually it. take the court? I thought he got injured in preseason. I thought he took the court in that first game. Oh, so he's got a Julius Randle and he's just going to suffer as a result. Psychologically scarred because he can never win Rookie of the Year. Uh, uh, Julius might be undergoing a little bit more scarring at the moment. This well, look, after going to New York, coach. He, he deserves everything he gets. Um, <laughs> no, but I'll give you the opportunity. What did you get right, Adam? What was your biggest uh, – give yourself a pat on the back for something that you got right. I'm, I'm looking at the standings at the moment, and look, uh, there's, there's some things out of place. I'm actually really happy with one of the things I got wrong, and that is that the LA Lakers would be the second team in the Western Conference. And they are quite happily perched in that top spot. So, boy, are they? They're twenty-four and three. They're fourteen and one on the road in the middle of a road trip at the moment, where they and they've won their last seven games, which it's... is now the longest active winning streak after, in the NBA yeah. after the Lucas Mavericks went into Milwaukee and got a win today. 
We'll get we'll get more to the Mavericks yeah. in a second, but yeah, the Lakers have been impressive, a pleasant surprise for you, yes, and your fellow purple and gold peeps, and an, an, un, an unpleasant surprise for absolutely everyone else. Yeah, well, uh, look, it's it's an interesting start to the season, but I'll tell you what, the next week of basketball, week and a half of basketball for the Lakers, a is not an easy. Easy run, but I tell you what, that's a, a couple of helpings of amazing basketball coming up. I tell you, you, they've got Milwaukee Friday, and then they've got Boxing Day, which is the Clippers. The battle for LA resumes. Well, so, we will we will get into the Lakers and Christmas Day a little bit later in the rundown. Um, what else did I get right? I was happy, a little, um, little few things. I'm just going to continue to harp on what I got right first. Um, I thought the Thunder would be competitive. I was wrong on that. I had them second last. Yeah, I'm trying to find anything in the West that I was right about. I had the Kings in the playoffs. They're in the seventh seed at the moment. Um, yeah, I didn't have those either. <laughs> uh, in the Eastern Conference. Um, Over in the East, I think I was right. The Bucks. I had the Bucks up top. I said I had question marks about Philly, even though I had them second. And, and that's pretty much what we had. Uh, Indiana, slow start, but... I'm still going to get all the depot right back. So, look, I think look, our top six are, are a match, not a match, but our top six predicted versus the actual top six or top five are, are correct. Now, here's something: everything, everybody got wrong in the whole world, even if they didn't say it. The paces of the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, right? Yep, they're eighteen and nine, so they they're winning two out of every three games. They're Winning percentage is uh, 67%, right? Correct. The Jazz are the number six seed in the Western Conference. They're 15 and 11. They've won 58% of their games. Who had the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference being like 10 percentage points better than the sixth seed in the Western Conference? We all thought the Western Conference was going to be the better the, the conference, much- but there's like 11 elite teams all above... 67% or you know 66% and five of them are in the west and six of them are in the east. I think I think overall if you look at the top 16 teams even if you go into the top 20 like the top two thirds of the league you've still got more western conference teams and yeah. you realize that they are battling each other uh, more often than not. So you're playing within your own conferences. So I don't know I think that um that spread is still a lot of road trips and things to be nutted out, but I don't know. The Western Conference, I still think, is is pretty damn strong. Um, it really tails still off wash... after that top five. You still think it'll you know, like wash out? That there's still a little bit of unevenness in the fixture or the schedule so yeah. far? That once once they start crossing over and playing each other, uh, I think the Western records will start to improve. Um, yeah, there's no uh, – I suppose the Eastern Conference, looking at surprises, I was shocked. I had Atlanta as my smoky, and they are sitting 15th, dead last behind the Knicks. Yeah, but they've all got the, the Hawks, the Cavs, and the Knicks have all got the same record, and we all thought the Cavaliers and the Knicks would be Yeah, well, dreadful. I want John Collins to end his friendship with DeAndre Ayton right now. <laughs> and um, – once he comes back, I think the Hawks the Hawks started off very well. They were they, they started off on a nice little streak and looked very competitive. They just sort of once Collins was out, it just 
yeah, turned, turned very quickly. And Trey Young is very young and has been making some not quite sensible decisions late game. Yeah, I mean, we all, we certainly all had the Hawks ahead of the Wizards and the Hornets. And yes. The Hornets have been competitive, so they're a game and a half out of the eighth seed at the moment. Clearly, Michael Jordan listens to this podcast, has a chip on his shoulder, yeah, and is trying to get those Hornets over the line. It's bulletin board material, you know it. Every slight, <laughs> everything. That's why you know we're motivators. Uh, yeah, yeah. You just don't don't trash talk that guy. <laughs> no, no. But, but you know um, they've been. I, I mean, I probably had them rated a little bit higher than you did. I think you had them stone motherless in the Eastern Conference, and I think I had them. I, I had them in New York and Washington. The G League with New York, so yes, I remember the G League comment. Um, <laughs> other things we might. I think we had the Nets in around the right spot where they are at the moment, but it's because Kyrie's not playing. Or is it? Would they be worse if he was? Yes, I mean that's the point. As in, it's I don't. They were know. losing I, games, and then he got hurt. And then they started winning games. They subtracted by adding. Which everybody seems to do. They need to put Kyrie on a team with Carmelo. Although the Blazers have been better since Carmelo joined. Western Conference Player of the Week. Carmelo. That's um, Houston averaging two times as many points per game. Nostradamus can't see these things happening. But we'll give Carmelo Western Conference Player of the Week. Yeah. We now know that the NBA. That? We now know that the NBA unofficially has a comeback player of the year award. Um, <laughs> um, not a whole lot. Don't say so they put Kyrie and Carmelo on the same team and see if it's like if you put the two positive end two batteries on uh, together at the same mm. magnets. <laughs> that would maybe be entertaining like crossing, to say the least. Maybe it's like crossing the streams, getting those two guys on the same team. Yeah, the Western Conference might actually just blow up. So let's put them in the East. Yeah. No, you have it. No, you have it. <laughs> Some poor, poor team just gets stuck with both and goes, why? What have we done? Yeah. Well, it won't be the Knicks because they but thought the... they were getting Kyrie. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's not a blessing in disguise they didn't get him, but, I mean, so we're I right. Know, things the... have been worse in New York. They could be. They could be. It can't be not much, but they could be. One thing I got, the one thing I got the most wrong was the Dallas Mavericks, who are currently eighteen and eight, the third seed in the Western Conference, the first seed in the Western Conference minus Los Angeles. I don't. I don't know. I've, and I've, they won I've got the Golden State Warriors as my worst. <laughs> I had them third. But you're right, Dallas, wow. And it's because of this 20-year-old Slovenian who's just about averaging a triple-double. And it's nothing to do with Porzingis. Well, I mean, today might have been a bit about Porzingis. Oh, I mean, look, yeah. That, that was more about the um, there always needs to be a curry in the uh, in playoff contention in the West. And Seth rose to the, uh, to the Boy, occasion. He today. He had a huge game today. What did he have? Was, Let me just... Yeah, about 26 or something. It was. Yeah, he put up 26 points in 26 minutes. Yeah, off the bench. Zingas had 26 and 12. And none of that's the most impressive part of the game. Giannis had 48 in 34 minutes. And that man is a freak of nature. He's going to win the MVP again, going away. But. um, But Dallas, look look at Luca. Look, I thought he, he needed another year. 
and needed to adjust to playing with um, Paul Zingas and sort of finding his feet and building some of those pieces around. But he doesn't want to wait. He's ready. Mm. Um, and he has taken a massive, massive step up. People are talking about um, the likes of Pascal Siakam going back-to-back with most improved. I don't know how you could put it past Luca if he's in the MVP discussion. That's the next level up. That's an improvement from Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I mean, last year, let's try and have a look at this. Come on, basketball reference. So last year he averaged... 21 points, six assists, and eight rebounds, which which is incredible numbers for a 19-year-old playing his first season. This year, everything up. He's averaging 29 points, 9.6 rebounds, and 8.9 assists. His uh, his splits are 48, 33, and free. Oh, sorry, that's his. Yeah, 48, 33, and his um, doesn't have his free throws there. Um, 80. He's shooting 80% from the free throw line. Um, and his PR, which uh, this is apparently high, is 32. So yes. That is a, that 20. Is huge. Now, I, I have a, a bone and to pick And they're winning stats. games. I yeah. have a bone to pick with stats, and, and we'll probably pick up with the same bone when we talk about the Houston Rockets, if we yep. talk about the Houston Rockets. But most improved player. Luka Doncic was considered the best player of a pool of how many rookies come in in a season? Who play who play meaningful minutes like twenty five? So so it start so it starts off as a pool of like sixty plus. Yeah, you then, brought in and it and it really narrows down through the season to a pool of about thirty players. Yeah, Luka so, is now one of the best players in the entire league. Yes. I mean, the three guys who are being named in the MVP conversation seriously at the moment with AD and LeBron sort of cancelling each other out because they play for the same team are Giannis, Harden and Luca. Correct. Yes. Although Harden just... We'll get to Don't him. get me started on Harden. It's Did not you see the... Him today I'm the best free throw shooter award. Did you see him today against the Spurs? No, I actively try not to there? watch Houston Rockets basketball. Just a highlight. He uh, he had the ball stolen off him by who was it? Demonte Monte Murray, I think. Uh Dejounte Murray. Yep. Dejounte Murray. I'm sorry, I'm terrible at this. Um, and he sort of the ball gets stolen at half court. No, I'm no, I'm not going to try and run after him. Murray lays the ball in, and as he's starting to turn up the court, there's Harden, and Harden sort of runs into him before he inbounds the ball, and then it's on. Oh, really? And it's just like, what are you doing, James? I think, um, yeah, I think some, of, some of that predicted or discussed potential chemistry with Russell Westbrook uh, may have been on the money or off the money, depending if, which way you look at it. Well, Westbrook had 31 today, but... Um, yeah, they seem to be the best team no one wants to watch. Correct. And they just put up. Who wants to see someone put up 25 plus free throws as an individual player? Mm, I don't know. I watched a lot of Bulls Knicks in the 90s. <laughs> and and would you be watching a lot of Bulls and Knicks in this day and age? No, but no one would be putting up 25 free throws. Yeah, true. True. But, Except you know, James Harden. But, 
those games, those Knicks Bulls games from the late 90s were physical. Let's just yes. put it that way. Yes, it wasn't someone trying to trick the refs. Um, look, I, I, I'll concede Harden is a is a scorer. He's that's that's his role. That's the the role he loves to play. That's what he's good at. But tricking referees into foul calls, or you know what I mean, just forcing your way to the line when you're averaging like ridiculously low shooting percentages, it's just not fun to watch. It's not. Uh, you know, it's disrespecting the game. I can only think of one thing that would be worse in terms of disrespecting the game in terms of trying to fool the rest, and that's just picking up your dribble and walking four steps and then dribbling again like nothing happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Umpire was, <laughs> the was watching. And no, no, it wasn't him. Russell Westbrook got to half court a few years ago <laughs> before it was called for He did. It. He did. He I mean, he's just, the guy's just forgot. But they, I mean, the fun with the thing with the LeBron one is the referee's looking right at it. He must have been more more of eyes LeBron. Oh. Mm. So it's been it's, a fun. Yeah. Apparently, there's been a bit of talk that it hasn't been a fun NBA season so far. I think it has. I you know, you've it. got teams. You know, we're we're probably going to see at least a couple of new teams in the playoffs in the Western Conference. Uh, it Look, things, might things not did start bad for Blazers, but, but the submarine is is coming up. So I don't know. Things are starting to settle a bit, and and seedings are starting to to take shape in the lead up to that midway point. Yeah, and earlier this week was the was the was the cutoff when players who were signed before you know between seasons in the off season yes. can be traded. So, but there just hasn't been a lot of trade chatter. I think it's Kevin Love is is the biggest news story. Mm. I I tried to use the uh, the NBA trade machine the other day, and it just made my brain hurt. I don't think I I I, I don't think I could even be the. Uh, Isn't that the simplified version of just with salary caps and whatnot? Aren't there yeah. other exceptions and exemptions you can add to something like that? Cap but- space and. I'm I'm not even going to be the guy who paints those watercolors at your local cafe that you can buy for about sixty dollars of the trade machine, let alone the Picasso of the trade machine. It's it's that might as well have been in hieroglyphics, as far as I was concerned. But we did talk at the start of the season about Kevin Love and where he might go, but he's earning a lot of money, and teams have got to be able to get close enough to the salary so yeah that's that's the big problem is being able to match that salary with with a trade piece yeah they want to clearly want to trade kevin love kevin love wants to be traded um you know there's a guy a guy in portland by the name of hassan whiteside yeah i still think portland is the logical place for him to go yeah but they've got a piece you know why would Cleveland want that portland well he's expiring isn't he yeah it's i think having expiring will be good but uh, Portland would be making that move to, you know, basically just get out of the first round, and they'd have to Do go. They, from, though? Do they, they? have to go from the ten seed to the six seed because if they're in the seventh or the eighth seed, I think we can be pretty sure that it's going to be Lakers one, Clippers two. At so the if the Blazers, if the Blazers can get to that sixth or seventh seed by the All Star break, it's on. 
They go on a run after All-Star and then they're looking at a home court. That's fine, but they're still only looking at the, the you know, it is a, unless something happens injury-wise, Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Finals is well, a mortal lock. It's a yeah, lock. Yeah, true. They do have Nurkic coming back and Love would really fit in well with that group. But do that they becomes wanna... much scarier when you've got Kevin Love, uh, Nurkic, Mello, McCollum. I can't believe I'm saying Mello in this lineup. <laughs> CJ McCollum and and Damian Lillard. That's a that's a very scary starting lineup. And they've got guys that have been playing in the starting lineup that can come off the bench and play a good role. It's a big lineup. It's a big lineup. Mm. Um, but Blazers are already a luxury tax team. Yeah, they're a small market team. They're a luxury tax team essentially because Lillard's the only guy who earns the supermax. Yes. Um, do you do that or do you go in the other direction? You know, do you maybe just let it go? You go the golden, the golden state. Well, no one's going to. I mean, I think they're sort of caught in the middle here. Golden state are just think, going, you know what? We're going to be so bad this year. Everyone's going to hate it when we're so good next year. They're going to be. I mean, really, the worst they can finish draft there. They're going to have a top eight draft pick, no matter what. Yep. Um, from what I understand, the draft doesn't doesn't seem like there's too many incredible, outstanding players. But <laughs> they've got him. they've got that draft pick. Now they're not drafting. Is. They're not drafting Lamelo Ball. No, they've got that draft pick, and they've also got Russell. Yep. So if they get to the end of the season and both of those assets are still in their possession, there's a huge amount they could do to make that move to put put it with a fit Steph Curry, a fit Clay Thompson, and a fit Draymond Green. Agreed. Agreed. They could make, you know, they could be thinking about a play for someone like Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. And with Russell's salary, it'd match. It'd be fine. And if the Timberwolves wanted to blow it up, you know, so the Warriors are going to stand pat. The Trailblazers are being backed into a corner where I don't think the opportunity for them to succeed is going to persist much longer. So maybe the Kevin Love trade is the only thing they can do. And then they yeah. hope that, they hope that, you know, they can put that scary, slightly different lineup with size, but with shooting on the court and Lillard just goes crazy. And yeah. suddenly maybe they find themselves in the Western Conference Finals against one of the LA teams. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose I'm gonna I'm gonna think about the West and go. My main three questions are: How long can the Lakers keep it up? Uh, will the Thunder hang on? And who? What would my third question about the way the West is going? Are the Mavericks the real deal? Mm. That would be my big three take questions leading into the midseason. Um, from what I've seen through the first like almost 30 games of the season. Yeah. I mean, imagine the number three seed at the moment. They're a half game in front of the Nuggets and the Rockets, I would expect. Mm. In the normal course of events for the Mavericks to fall below those two teams. But Honestly, I, I think there are 10 teams in the race at the moment. But not mm. necessarily fall below the Jazz and certainly not fall below the Kings. I mean, they're already six games clear of Sacramento who are in the seventh seed. So they're going to be yeah. a top six seed. Then you know they're going to avoid the Lakers and the Clippers in the first round, and then 
you know, you see what happens. Then, you know, once you get through the first round, then, you know, whatever the situation is, the road to the NBA Finals through the Western Conference goes through the Staples Center. So, yeah, if, if, if you somehow manage to, yeah, you, you don't get there without going to Staples. You don't. Yeah. Not unless, um, <laughs> unless the Clippers load manage themselves out of the uh, playoff race. I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, no. Short of, short of Paul George's shoulders popping out. Yeah. Which, and look, we can all hope. Um, <laughs> not all of us. I'm sure that the seven Clipper fans don't want it to happen. Have they increased? It's because of Kawhi signed. Got an extra couple of followers. Yeah. Um, Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Well, I guess I was the... Gonna say, the top eight's about what it should be. Realistically, like if you take a look at it, and I mean, Pistons are underperforming. Meh, Bulls haven't really stu- stepped up, but we kind of called that already. Hornets are better, but they're not eight seed material. Like you've almost got your your, your top eight there. You like your playoff. They're just playing the rest of the season for seeding. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if the eight teams that are in the eight spots at the moment in the Eastern Conference finish up in the eight spots. But it's a different sort of calculus. Mm. In the Western Conference, you want to avoid the top two teams, so you want to avoid six, seven seed, or you know, you want to avoid the seventh, eighth seed. I think you want to be in the seventh also seed. Also, a fall off. Um, At the moment, I would, I would love to be in the seventh seed. You just want to, you just like the Clippers are going to lose, the Rabbit Foot's going to get pulled out. You know, they built, they, you know, they, they, they're cursed. Something's going to go wrong. And wishing will make it so. I don't think wishing. I think it's called expecting karma to do its job. Karma? There's no salt here. No salt whatsoever. Kawhi. (laughs) Kawhi doing the Lakers is what Kobe did the Clippers 14 years ago when he used them for leverage. I think think the Lakers are still in front. Yes, I I agree. And slash karma sweepstakes. Um, I must say I'm enjoying the fact that the, the purple and gold are back on top it's nice it's yeah. nice to be back it is it let's is. go to the east let's go to the east before we go back to Lakers. um the bucks you really just want to avoid milwaukee don't you anything else if you're one of the other five teams that you know are doing all right all the nets if they continue to be a you know better than 500 team like a 46 47 win team and Kyrie comes back and they can maintain that I, really any of those any of those other three other matchups can go either way I'm scared um, of the Raptors. At the moment, you've got, you know, in that three, four, five, six spots, yeah. Celtics, Heat, Raptors, Pacers. Any two series with any combinations of those teams is just going to be must-watch television. Yep, and the those series are, can go either way. It doesn't. It, it's not. I mean, the yeah. only the only one of those three teams who's not better than last season is the Raptors, but they're just different. They're not far and, off, and they're not far off, and they've got players playing on their team who are better than last season and important yes. players. They just, Kawhi left. Yeah, so, Kawhi, they, they lost Kawhi, but that, geez, so many players have just taken that step right up to fill the void. Yeah. I was very, I'm being very impressed with what I've seen for the Raptors so far this season. Siakam's having a great season. Van Vliet has basically proven the last two rounds of last year's playoffs weren't a fluke. Yep. Um, it opens up the possibility that if they needed some help, they could move Lowry. Um, well, and that's and yeah, that's such a good team. It's just mm. a well-constructed team. Mm. 
You've got the Pacers who still have Oladipo to come back. You've got Brogdon sort of taking over and becoming this. The Pacers need to get Oladipo back and get him into some form because they need to take it to another level. Yeah. They Um, could move Miles Turner because they sort of handed a lot of that responsibility over Sabonis. And then you've got the Heat, you know, with their cop, you know, their role players stepping up and Jimmy Butler being this sort of crunch time guy that we always knew he was going to be. They've got Dragic. Oh, they still got pieces. Miami. Still got pieces where they can make a move. As we said in our preseason uh, preview, they're well coached. They're a well-run franchise. And then you've got the Celtics, who... Brad Stevens can go back to coaching like Brad Stevens. That's yeah, all and I he has. Yep. They've gone right through this period without Gordon Hayward. They've Haven't all brought back in. They're, they're, they're playing like they were two seasons ago when Kyrie yeah. was injured. Yeah. Kemba Walker is apparently the best teammate in the whole league. And they just seem like they're having a lot more fun. They're playing better because of it. Everyone's talking about them needing another big to sort of take them to that next, take them to that absolute top level. There's no, yeah. there's no bigs available that people are looking to move, are there? Well, there's none that they can sort of play <laughs> with a salary sort of matchup. Tristan Thompson is the guy who keeps getting mentioned. Haywood. I don't know they if they can, can get anyone without dealing Love Haywood. Haywood. If you don't need Haywood and you've got Brown and Tatum, why why keep him? Great is Stevens he in, an insurance policy? Haywood. And I know... Is Stevens guy, right from yep. college. So right from Butler. It's they yeah, it's those two guys. So I just think the Celtics... You got a young core, um, just run yeah, it with what you've upset. got, and just play. You know, play with Compete. the house's money. Go small. Go super small. Yeah, and, the, and the, see the what Celtics happens. are uh, quite an interesting looking outfit. Very different to what they've they've been. Even though there's a lot of core pieces still there, Cantor's weird. Just say weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good to see the Celtics haven't really dropped off. Um, the one team that I still feel do not understand their own identity are the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. So oh, last have week... Have you got NBA stats or anything up and available? Because I remember something from our previous podcast. Oh, okay. What have you... Uh... I would like to know how many three-pointers Mark L. Fultz has made. Okay. This season. Because I can count the number that Ben Simmons has made. Well, he's made two of seven, hasn't he? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, but they weren't half court. They were two deliberately taken threes. Simmons is just going to take him. He's just going to take them. Um, Three-pointers made. Wait, let me. Totals. He's nine of 40 this year. So he's made seven more threes and he's taken about 33 more. He's winning. We're watching. We're, we're keeping an eye on the fault. Oh, he's just going to hit. He's just going to hit more. He doesn't need to shoot a better percentage. Correct. Just going to jack oh. them all. Just shoot. Just keep shooting the lights out. I'm on fault. I mean, <laughs> I think that the Philadelphia Sixers, Philadelphia 76ers quit on faults. Much too early. Yes. And I'm on the record of that. By the way, Simmons is two of five this year. So Simmons is shooting 40% from the three this year. That is a yeah. true statement. 
That is a true statement. Yeah. But I'm glad you prefaced it with two from five. Two from five. That's two more threes made and five more threes attempted in the NBA than either of us. This is true. So not as many attempted as Mark Elfultz, though. So no, no. Um, Got those those Orlando Magic into that eighth seed. Well, I mean, they are in the eighth seed. They made the playoffs last season. Um, I think they. I think the Sixers quit on him too early, and they didn't get enough back. Um, Mm. But I mean, he's not. He's not not an Anthony Bennett level bust Mm. at this stage. He's going to have a productive NBA career at this rate, but he's not going to be what you want. Wait until Mark Elfords is playing in, in Turkey. Yeah. Before. <laughs> Which would but, be bad. So, all right, Embiid and Simmons. I feel like it doesn't work. Look, I watched the Indiana Sixers game a couple of weeks ago, and Simmons basically won that game with his defense at the end of the game. Yep. He's an incredible defensive player. He He has that sort of level of disruption and anticipation that sort of is getting toward Pippen levels. Mm. Um, but he, I mean, everything about Ben Simmons screams that, you know, he's 20, he's come 20, 20 years too late in terms of his game. He wouldn't have been, I was he watching, I rewatched best of enemies a couple of weeks ago, all three episodes, Lakers yep. Celtics from the eighties, Docker, the ESPN 30 for 30. And after the press conference, after Magic hits the baby skyhook in the 87 finals. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, done the press conference with Bird. And remember, Bird hit the three that put them up and then almost, and then almost hit the ga- game winning three at the end of the game after the baby skyhook. And Magic says, you know, this is who we are. We take the big shots. And the Magic says, yeah, wouldn't have been a three for me. You know, it was never expected of Magic. Magic was a, like, I don't think he was a, tw- I don't know if he was a 20% career free throw shooter. Yeah. He, you know, realistically, he was as good a three-point shooter as Ben Simmons. But because of where the game is now, it, you know, Magic's the greatest point guard who ever played, and Ben Simmons is this guy with this major unavoidable flaw in his game, despite the fact he has started to take them. I think the, I'm on the record. I think the flaw in this game now is he's just going to keep taking them. He's going to grit his teeth. And just keep taking and, them. And shoot through it. Yeah, and shoot. You know, keep taking yeah. them and keep taking them and keep taking them. He has an open three. He takes it. Yep. And eventually, he's either going to fail as an NBA basketballer, but he's going to fail. He's going to die trying. Or he's going to start hitting them, and they're going to start respecting that shot, the, the defenses. And then if that happens, everything else opens up and he gets to the next level. And so do the sixes. But mm. I don't know if that happens before they split him up with Embiid. I just see this is where it's like, is it is Simmons the problem or is management like is it the problem that the wrong pieces are around him? Well but I think by, like, I, don't, I don't want to lay blame on on Ben Simmons and say, oh he hasn't got this element to his game and he's clearly not doing the right thing and he's not bringing out the best in Embiid and but they if they're teammates, they've got to work together. Mm. But they're both problematic players in different ways. Yeah. And they're, with they're Simmons, all... it's a specific skill. With Embiid, it seems to be work ethic. 
and work ethic and 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 prone very prone to injury. Yeah, well, I think one goes with the other. With the other, you know, yeah, if you're not in shape, out. if you're carrying, you know, sort of needless weight around, you're more likely to get injured. And Embiid really, has this problem didn't, didn't that he's Shaq. And beat a Shaq, and Shaq left titles on the table. Um, uh. But you know, Shaq, and also Shaq never had someone like Giannis sort of hanging over his shoulder as mm. a rival who's just he, Giannis is all work ethic yeah, and pretty in the way things are going to go in the next couple of years Giannis is going to start shooting 36-37% from three he's at 32% I think at, at some moment. point he has to plateau because he can't start keep putting up Will Chamberlain like numbers well I think he's going to you know he was the MVP again this season, and then he adds a reliable three-point shot and gets better. So at some mm-hmm. stage, he moves into the Kareem Wilt Russell. You know, he you know he moves out of the Elijah and Shaq Moses Malone group and into the absolute top-tier big men group. Yeah, he's got to do There's that. Like eight guys in the history of the NBA have won back-to-back MVPs. Unless Giannis gets hurt, he's going to win the MVP this season. He's averaging a thirty and fourteen, you know. I I had a discussion. He's about the numbers three put up in the early seventies for Milwaukee, back when players were yeah. taking a, a, you know teams were taking a lot more shots and there were a lot more rebounds. We haven't seen this combination of points and rebounds from a big guy since that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Statistically, Giannis's season this season is better than every Shaq season. Yeah. Well, every one of them. But all right, so this is and this is not to do with it winning MVPs or being one of considered one of the greatest big men of all time. Hmm. I'm gonna touch on Giannis just quickly. Is it I I just don't feel compelled to watch him like I what I really want to see other stars. So there are Let's I'm excited to watch Luca play. Yeah. I love watching LeBron. I love AD going to work, but that's for obvious reasons. Yes. But it's not even that I try to avoid him as a player like I do James Harden. But he just doesn't exude superstar. Is it too much humility? Possibly. I mean, he's not American. He so... reminds He's just he got might, that, might not come to that low-key, amazing level of basketball. And I'll use the same kind of public persona. Tim Duncan is one of the greatest, most just – you can't call him boring, but it's just – the man just works mm. and keeps going about his business. But he's not a draw card or he doesn't feel like a draw card. I guess Tim Duncan thing. was probably the best player in the NBA for like – five or six years Yep, in the early 2000s. And but he wasn't a, a spotlight media. Right. Outspoken in the media or anything like that. Mm. Yes, he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, Shaq got there. I mean, Shaq was always doing the, you know, Shaq started with the endorsements and all that sort of thing. Yeah, look, and, Very and, I, get, and then I get the personality that, yeah. came out, you know, all those little names and all that sort of stuff. Shazam. <laughs> Let's not forget Shazam. Steel. 
Oh, and Blue Chips. Blue, Blue Chips is a great movie. Blue Chips is a um, good movie. Steel's underrated. <laughs> oh, it's not. I'm, I'm, why did, I mean, wasn't that talked about in the Shaq on the, podcast? Yeah, yeah. Basketball, why everyone attacks Shazam and not Steel? I, they're they're I both pretty Steel. bad movies. I've I enjoyed both either. of them. I haven't seen either of them. Um, I have seen Blue Chips many times. If for no other reason than Bob Bucuzzi hits 25 free throws in a row and then Nick Nolte breaks character and they kept it in the movie and it was like, I, do you ever miss? To which Cousy's response was, you're supposed to get them in. This is a fair, fair, really? uh, fair statement. I, uh, I, I might have to watch, I don't have to find that on a, a streaming service and watch it over the break. If you can hop, hop on my Facebook page if you know which streaming service is on so I don't have to look it up. But Blue Chips is a great movie. Um, I might I might have a, a digital copy of that somewhere or an old DVD. Old DVD. Excellent. Getting back to Philly. I just feel like they're they missing have, something. If they have an identity, it's not a 2019 identity. They've got a they've got this weird long tall group. They probably don't have enough outside shooting. Um and I don't know, and I know this is sacrilegious for the guy who's now the coach of the Boomers as well. Yeah, I don't know if they're really well coached. Yeah, there's some questions that come into play there with with, yeah. with Brett Brown's style. It's not the it's not the actual coach itself; it's the style, and is it complementary to the pieces he's got? I have one. Would you backflip and look to trade back one JJ Redick to that team? Well, who would you do with the the Sixers? Would have to move a draft pick, wouldn't they? And and something else to try and even up the salaries. It would have to be a draft pick they and one of their, one of their bench scrubs. They so need to even up what's going on in that in that roster. But seriously, outside shooting. Yep. Is it? Is it? Is it the answer? I don't know, but I, I sort of think it is. They need they, they need some floor spacing because it's not good enough. Yeah. Um, if they had a first-round pick this year and they offered it to the Pelicans, who are not going to do anything this season, a first-round pick. <laughs> They're racing uh, Golden State at the moment. And one of their bench guys, just so they can make the salaries match up, for J.J. Redick. Who says no? It better not be the Pelicans, because J.J. Redick's got to keep his streak alive. What's the streak of hitting threes He's in a game? He's made the playoffs or? every year of his career. So you reckon the Pelicans owe it to him, despite the fact he's been there for <laughs> 12 minutes. Put him back to the playoff team. Back to the same playoff team. Well, oh. you know what? These these Duke grads, they just they, they know how to win. That's that's the that's the Mike Krzyzewski school. That's what he teaches. He teaches winning. They just know how to win. They just know how to do it. Yeah, ask Grayson Allen. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I just I, I think the Sixers, they're good, but they're not great. That's 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 my current take. And it's, it's an instability that it's a double-edged sword. It's a real double-edged sword. Man. It, it is, feels like it's very Simmons v. Embiid. And I'm like, I'd be waiting for a really good offer on Embiid because that guy can't stay healthy. Yeah. I, I just, think really... I, I, I don't know. I just didn't I, make a move. It, they've got to pull a trigger on it. The more they debate is the, the longer they're going to go with this uncertainty. And yeah, the more the price goes up. Correct. Or the price drops or the, the, the value of Embiid devalues. 
They personally, need to sell, sell high. I know. Personally, so you're suggesting that if they break them up, it's Embiid who goes? Yep. Okay. I think it'll be Simmons. I, I think you're right, but I also think the right decision is to move Embiid. Fair enough. I think I management always... want to keep Embiid, but the right decision is to move the one that's not healthy. Yeah. I always take, you always keep the guy with the work ethic. And I think Simmons has got it. I think it's one day, you know, he's he still is. He tells his country to get stuff so he can work on a three-point shot. It's fantastic. Yeah, which he's broken out five <laughs> times this year. Um, <laughs> totally worth it. If he, once he gets up to shooting as many threes as games he missed for his country, we'll talk. Fair enough. I'm okay. never letting him live that down, just like his seven Rookie of the Year awards. <laughs> Notice how it increases every time I refer to it. For those scoring at home? Or in the car, stop writing things down and grab the wheel. Um, (laughs) Adam? Yeah. Yes. The Los Angeles Lakers, the floor is yours. I'm not mozzing them. I I said this in the last time. I don't want to go into too much depth. I'm really happy with the way they've found a defensive identity. And yes, it's two main people doing a lion's share of the work, but they're also making some people around them much better. Dwight Howard's found... I don't, I don't know. He's found a work ethic. It's taken him a while. But he's doing a role. Is Avery it, is Bradley. It, is it just that he's older? Has he just matured? And he's like, I haven't got a ring. This is my chance. I'm just going to... I mean, he's doing exactly what they want him to do. It's defense and rim running. And who would you rather play that role with than LeBron James? And, and exactly right. He breaks out his good games... He does his role. He doesn't complain if he doesn't get minutes. If McGee's having a better night, then he sits longer. But they've bought in. And I think the other standout there from role players is Avery Bradley, even though he's had that that leg problem. But he came out hungry to play, like, lockdown defense. He's been good, and he's been in a successful system before, so that helps. Yeah. I'd like to blow my own trumpet. I, I'm pretty sure, I'm positive, I said in my Western Conference preview podcast that uh, the signing I really liked from the Lakers' point of view was Danny Green. And so it has proven thus, you know, one of He's the better right three on defense. in the league. And, you know, at the price they got him. Yep. You know, that's value. But the guy who's really surprised me in Los Angeles is Alex Caruso. That guy is... I mean, he hasn't got a hair on his head, but he is fearless and he really he's brings an energy and intensity he, off the bench. He's it's sort of sort of like he defines exactly what those he's, role players need to do. Yeah. So they've got they're having I mean, fun, they're buying in. It's it, no matter how the media tries to drum up a drama story, there currently is no drama. Well, Winning tends to prevent drama, and they're twenty four and three. Yep. Um, and Davis, who rarely gets up for games and is very soft when it comes to injuries, I think he's missed one or two. Um. Yeah, I think so. But we don't really expect everyone to play every game anymore. Yeah, but you also it's don't not, expect not, Anthony Davis to go. You know what? My shin was 
a tiny bit sore. I thought it hurt, but it doesn't. I'm going to take a game off or explicitly just load manage. Yeah. Uh, LeBron, through the first 20 games anyway, was playing 30 to 33 minutes a night, like some of the lowest career minutes he's ever played. But being his output has been insane. He's load managing through the regular season by playing less mm. minutes. Not taking games and, off, just not playing as many minutes because AD will take over, he'll have a rest. It's sharing the load through the regular season. And, and I think that's helped accelerate the building of that chemistry. And and those two have got an insanely scary pick and roll game. LeBron is averaging 10.7 assists a game, yep. which is a full assist more than the guy in second, who just happens to be Ricky Rubio of the Phoenix Suns. Um, that's... It's incredible. It, it's He's just like... It's a transformation. Been, I'm 35. I'm in my 17th season in the NBA. I have, what, four, NB, four MVPs, three NBA titles, and I've been rewarded at the end of my career, you know, the, the, in, the, in the autumn of my career, to play with, you know, to be put in this sort of situation or, or to have orchestrated this situation for, to come to fruition. Yeah, and you know if if let's extrapolate the the Lakers continue to win at the same rate as they're winning at the moment, which means they go seventy two and ten, or round down. It's they sweep through the playoffs. They take care of the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, and then they beat the Bucks in the in the NBA Finals. I, I can see this team being a sixty five sixty six win team. They're going to drop but, a couple. But greatest twosome, greatest single season two man punch in yep. the history of the NBA is in play. Yes, I mean because LeBron can putting play up these two at the four five. The, the LeBron's running the point effectively. Yeah. Anyone that wants to doubt that, yeah, you just read out the assist numbers. Yeah. It, he's it's running the show look- and he's running it well. But we, have we ever said if we if we concede that because of the numbers, yeah, that LeBron is still in his peak, despite the fact he's thirty five in his seventeenth season, which is crazy. Have we ever had two guys this good on the same team at their peak? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. As a child of the nineties, I'm thinking about Pippen and Jordan. But well, they're gonna. Everyone's gonna talk about Kawhi and and Paul George, but I think that's unsubstantiated because we haven't seen enough of it. Fair enough. They keep resting. Um, I don't know if Pippen. You know, I mean, Pippen was incredible. He's one of like the best thirty players of all time. Maybe the greatest defensive player of all time. Certainly the greatest defensive non-big man of all time. No, I think we and, saw it through the 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 second three P. Is where mm-hmm. you saw that level of Pippen Jordan. Yeah, but I don't know if Pippen was ever as good as either of these two guys who played for the Lakers. Now, I could be wrong. This could be recency bias, but just, you know, in terms of two yeah. guys being on the same team and being at a level, yeah. this might be it. And if they roll through and win, get close to 70 wins and then roll through the playoffs and win the title, um, then I think that discussion is warranted. Do you think they're going to get to 70 wins? I don't think so. As I said, I think they're, they've got the potential to be a 65-66 win team. Um, Fair enough. 
they're still going to drop a couple. Look, as I said, I'm, I'm keeping it low-key. I, I like the fact that a lot of the media keeps talking about the Clippers and the Bucks being the two teams that are, are locked to play off this year with the Lakers being the third favourite. Write them off. Let them keep winning and write them off. I don't okay. like being the, the outstanding favourite because, yeah, well, once you, if you don't perform to that expectation... They turn very quickly, fans. And they do play on Friday, Australian time, the Bucks and Lakers. So you don't think they'll that's win a, 70 games? That that's going to be a precursor. Oh, it's going to be a good game. I just hope Anthony Davis is fit. Cool. Do you think it matters that they, that they won't win 70 games? Nope. Fair I think they're, just, they're testing the waters at the moment and they're trying things. A lot of the okay. things they're trying, they're finding a lot of success with. Some of the things they're doing do, don't work. But okay. they've, they've come back for some from some pretty big deficits to just steamroll teams at the end. And that's on the back of that duo. Okay, a couple more Laker questions. Yes. Do you think the Lakers beat the Clippers on Christmas Day? Yes. If they don't, does it matter? To the media, I believe, yes. Yeah. The, the the narrative, I believe, will be load management works. Look what happened on Christmas Day. Does any, no one plays on Christmas Eve in America. No. So the Lakers play on the 22nd, their last game. They're playing the Nuggets. So that's not that's not an easy game. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers play, okay, play the Oklahoma City. On the same day. So they're basically playing at the same time. And then they have two days off and then they play Christmas Day. Uh, the Clippers have actually got a back-to-back. Have they? they well, it, oh, it was... uh, Spurs, uh, they play in San Antonio on yeah, the day before they play the Thunder. Oh, okay, so they play Saturday, Sunday, American time. Yeah. And then Wednesday, American time, which is Christmas Day. Here's the thing. I think, I think the Lakers could very well if they keep everyone fit and firing, be an historically good regular season team and a team that would win a lot of championships, probably a team that would have won last year's championship. But uh, this is maybe in terms of all-time NBA franchises, the worst uh, NBA franchise to say this about, but I'm sort of, I'm going to believe in the Clippers until they fail. Oh, so that's because, generally the first, second round of the playoffs. Don't worry about it. It'll happen. <laughs> Because I believe in I cursed teams. That, I still think, I still think their roster is just insanely good. It is. It's and almost like the only thing that could prevent them is a curse. And they've got <laughs> the guy in the NBA you want in a playoff game. The guy, the one guy. Doc Rivers. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Oh, oh, that guy. Yeah, but they're so deep. Yes. They're so good defensively. They can move. They can, they're so malleable and versatile, offensively and defensively. That I, I mean, I, I think there is an absolute legitimate uh, gripe. I think from, it comes down to people about cases. about you know load management and oh you know it wasn't like that in our day or you got to come to play every night you can't take games easy and all that sort of stuff but. LeBron made a statement about that. They asked him if he was 
going to be load managing this season. Oh, and he said absolutely the right thing as far as I can see. He's like, I've only got, I haven't got long left. I don't know how many games I've got left in me. I don't know how many fans are coming to see me. Why would I, why would I rest if I'm healthy? By the way, that screams the most, that screams other than the fact that he managed to bribe Adam Silver to organize the NBA schedule to give him nights (laughs) off to watch his son play high school basketball. It just screams to me that other than that, the most important thing in my life right now is winning this NBA championship. Yes. I'm not taking a night off. It's just, you know, we're going, it's, we're keeping it 100. For we the have whole the same game, goal now that we have at season. the start of the season. Yep. And you yep, know what? If you're, a, if you're a pessimist as far as a Laker fan's concerned, that's absolutely the right attitude because Anthony Davis doesn't have a contract for next season. Correct. So you're locking him in for next year. Who knows? You have to lock him in. Um, speaking having of the said epic, that, epic, epic battle in LA, there's yeah. Christmas Day games. There's a couple of good ones. So, 4 a.m., this is all Eastern standard, Eastern Daylight Saving Time, Australian time. Raptors Celtics. That's That'll be mean. a cracker. That'll be a cracker. Then Sixers Bucks. Now, that is the curtain raiser to be, to be up watching. Yeah. Then the... I've woken up next morning and I found the cigarette button, a half drunken bottle of beer of the bo- of the Christmas Day games, Warriors Rockets, then Lakers Clippers, and then finally Nuggets Pelicans, which is I feel like the the the, the Rockets Warriors and the Pelicans Nuggets games uh I think we'll just leave ESPN on in the background. <laughs> but now's the time that you quickly go and phone your relatives or whatever you do on Boxing Day. Quickly, try and grab a bargain at the Boxing Day sale because it's only the Nuggets and the Pelicans don't stress. Yeah, um, I tend to think, obviously, Lakers Clippers at midday is... Uh, two two months ago, Warriors-Rockets was a, was a matchup. Yes, well, I've played so many meaningful mm. playoff games in the last five years, but there's those two Eastern Conference matches matchups in the morning, potential yeah. playoff series coming, you know, later in April and May, just, you know. Yeah, the two, those two Eastern appetizing. Conference matches are, are, a, are a brilliant curtain raiser to the, the, the Royal Rumble in Los Angeles. Not every card, not every card on the docket's going to be premium, but uh, there's a lot of good basketball to watch. It's a pretty good slate. They've done well. They've done. They they do well every year. The, the NBA. Um, unfortunately, with the Zion injury, their their plans for New Orleans, Denver fell through. Yeah, well, I did. There's been a lot of Pelicans on national television in America, and now they'll start changing that, so they're not going to be on as much. But you know, I think we're we're all disappointed with the fact that we haven't seen really any of Zion this season, and no. it'll well, be interesting how the Pelicans react to a lot. What is effect now a lost season? The Brandon Ingram season, um, hmm. not entirely lost. But so this, this I guess this is more of a segue to something that we can discuss maybe over the All Star break. Um, but so looking at the schedule, do you think there needs to be point in the sh- points in the schedule that need to be more malleable, so they can call an audible and go Rockets Warriors is going to be an absolute wash of a game. Let's put something else on. Well, you can't do it with Christmas because people will either be organizing to do something at Christmas. I mean, you have to think about the people who are actually going to attend the games. So yes. yeah, those, that, that slate sucks. has to be locked in. 
Where are and, people's priorities? <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure TNT, mm. if they have a huge problem, will be talking to the NBA with the next TV deal about maybe having a few more games on Thursday nights so that they have a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. Uh, but at the moment, it's like three or four games on a Thursday night and they've got the double header. So there's only ever a couple of other games that they can, if they wanted to swap. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess uh, I guess that sort of that question about the schedule leads into the uh, some recent discussions about tournaments and changing the schedule and playoff seating and been, rubbish. Been, oh come on, rubbish! What you want to keep it at eighty two games and the same old same old? No, I don't want to keep it at eighty two games because I think the league should expand to thirty two teams and they can very easily play a seventy six game schedule where they play. Four divisions of eight. Everyone, you play everyone in your own division four times and everyone else twice. Then you get to 76 and there's less of a problem. But this sort of, you know, mid-season competition and oh, I like all this sort seating. of oh. all this sort of rubbish, it just belittles, you know, I, I, I'm very much anti-demeaning uh, the regular season. And if you don't want people taking games off, can you imagine if the Clippers were given an opportunity to win, you know, to add an extra 10 wins at a mid-season tournament where they played five games. And if they did that, how many games Kawhi would take off after those 10 games are in the bank? I, um, I, I, I now want to do, because I, I, I love crossovers because, A, basketball, I guess, but B, comic book television and seeing superheroes shows crossover. But an AFL, NBA Throw in any other sporting code that has rostering issues, crossover episode where we talk about how to add an all-star game to uh, or a state of origin to the AFL fixture and some tournaments and some some excitement to the NBA. Well, this, I mean, this this sounds like another podcast. Yeah, correct. That's what just, I said, yeah, all-star like, break. Crazy idea. So, um, but just very, very briefly, the reason why rugby league state of origin – succeeds is it's only two teams and it's the same two teams every year so if you want to make the succeed everyone in, you have to have two teams and everyone in australia as in everybody comes from somewhere in australia they have to qualify for one or two teams so if you're from new south wales or queensland or Tasmania, you have you play for victoria and if you're in western australia you play for south australia and that's it it's victoria south australia every year again 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 and then you build it up that's the only way it works because that's why rugby league works so do we rugby, league, rugby league is purely a television sport and people in Melbourne like to go to sporting events. Um, I mean, that's the quick answer, but I was thinking along the lines of we'll come back in maybe a month's time and pick some all-star teams. It sounds good to me. I, I like, I like, I'm just, I like because all-star can, can get very boring because we know how entertaining the all-star game can be. Um, let's, let's discuss some, some rosters. I don't take the Monday off. I don't take the Monday off for the All-Star game. I confess. <laughs> See, I thought you were all about the skills challenge and the, the, the I'm all dunk about the three-point bomb. I thought the dunk contest was good last season. but um, Come on. Why don't people rate the skills challenge? Is that a serious question? No, that's not serious at all. That's <laughs> complete sarcasm. It is the biggest waste of time. You may as well get the G-Leaguers into to, to audition. Like, really, skills challenge? You know, be better just a half court competition. Just have guys shooting from half court. Shoot from half. Steph Curry just walks in and goes, "Yep." And yeah, we, yeah. Do I get two trophies because I shot with my broken hand? Anyway, we'll leave that till next time. 
Yes. yes. We've done our we've done our hour and then some as we, we have to do. We've confessed what we've been wrong about. Yes, we've owned we'll, up and we'll look forward to another, another in the new year, in the new decade with all star teams, and we'll just keep kicking that that promise of the ultimate Dr. Jack breakdown showdown of who is the better shooting guard for LA Jerry West or Kobe Bryant. It will happen one day, people. It will it happen will. one day, or you will get your money back. Yes. Until full next value. Time, until next time. Thanks, Adam, for joining us. Been a pleasure, as always. And for everyone out there in podcast land, because we're not going to be back for a couple of weeks, um, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We have something rather special planned for you during the Boxing Day Test Match. So oh, if you good. are, if you're not a fan of the page on Facebook for the podcast search. It should go without saying on Facebook, become a fan of the group. Cause that's where the interesting, innovative, yes, better people have done this before, but we've never done it. Thing has, will happen, but now I'm excited. Then, now you're excited, but until then have a most wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. And we'll, we'll be back on the podcast in the new year. But until then, this has been, it should go without saying I'm Andrew Lewis. And we'll catch you next time.